This episode of The Know with Nikki Spo is brought to you by Way. Way creates beautiful therapeutic audio tracks in your own voice, customized to your needs and goals, like reducing anxiety or increasing confidence. You can listen to your self-guided Way tracks whenever you need support. I loved the powerful effect of hearing my own voice, and I can't wait for you to enjoy the healing benefits of Way. Use my code Nikki Spo. That's N I K K I S P O, in all caps, for ten percent off any track or pack at experienceway.com. And stay tuned to learn more. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Know with me, Nikki Spo. Today, I am chatting with Jamie Kolnick, who is the founder and CEO of Jam with Jamie, a children's music company. Jamie Kolnick is a hugely inspiring person who has unapologetically shown her light despite experiencing tremendous grief and loss. She is a beacon of hope for me personally as I navigate through my own difficult time, and I am really so honored to share space with her. So Jamie is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and a budding author. She is the founder of the Epstein Reach for the Stars Foundation, which is a Miami charity awarding annual scholarships to high school graduates in honor of her brother, Alan, who passed away in a car accident in 1998. She is currently working on a spirited memoir about life and loss, honoring her two parents who have passed from cancer and her brother, Alan. Our conversation is heavily focused on processing grief and many of the dark times that can come with that. But the message is one of hope that I believe anyone going through a difficult time can draw inspiration from. I'm so excited to get started with Jamie Kolnick. Jam with Jamie, 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 Jamie Kolnick. (laughs) Welcome to The Know. I'm really excited to connect with you today. Oh, this is such an honor and I'm so excited to chat with you and for this conversation and all the things. You are a mom of three and the owner of Jam with Jamie, which provides musical classes and entertainment to kiddos around the country. And your talented musicians actually performed for my younger son's first birthday and it was amazing. So I think that's back when you were still living in New York, right? Yes, You're still it is. Yes, yeah, it which was. luckily you have musicians everywhere, but for our friends in Miami, um, they can check out Jam with Jamie classes at State of Kid in the Miami Design District and Miami Beach. And while I've admired your business since I learned about it, I really got a glimpse of what makes you such an incredibly special human being during our coffee date that we had not too long ago. Um, yeah, like we're all partly made up by our experiences, right? Our life experiences. And you've experienced a lot in your life, especially when it comes to grief. And through that grief, you have been resilient in finding and creating joy wherever you go. So we all experience grief at different times and different magnitudes. And I'm now learning firsthand how to process and navigate through some of my own and find a way to let my light shine through that discomfort. So how have you been able to do that for yourself? Well, it's, it's, I think it's perspective. You know, I have been dealt an interesting hand of cards. I've lost my brother and my parents in the span of 10 years, my brother in a car accident, my parents to cancer. And there was many times during that time frame that I would ask myself, 
I wonder what it would be like to not have this happening to me right now. Or I would see a family of five. I had a family of five and I would be really, really jealous. Um, and I would want everything I didn't have in front of me. And I, I went through a really a, a dark period where I was also ignoring a lot of what was happening as well. Like I did not want to see my grief. I wanted to immerse myself in fun and happiness and ignore it and pretend like it wasn't my story. And that my brother just moved to Hong Kong and my parents were on a, a long, you know, a long trip away to Tahiti. And I didn't know that they were just, they were just somewhere else. And it took me a really long time to for that grief to start to affect my body in different ways. I was not, I was not processing this grief. Well, I mean, I was 13 when my brother passed away. I was, I was 13. Like what do 13 year olds do? They, they party. He was 18. He went to UF and he was in a car accident on his, on his way back from a homecoming um, in, at Palmetto High School. Um, and his girlfriend was a senior at Palmetto and he was, he came back to go to homecoming with her and then drove back, um, and him and another girl in the, in the car passed away. Um, and it was, it was tragic. It was just, I mean, I, I was thinking about it the other day as I was driving, I live now in Miami. Um, we met when I was in New York, I moved back it last year and I was just driving down, um, I was on, where was I? Red Road. And I, um, I have a friend, Helen Witte, who passed away years and years ago, rollerblading on Red Road. And I was driving and I passed and she was hit by a car. And I, I was just drove past the site and all these feelings came rushing in, thinking about that time. At the time I was it was just a year before Alan passed away. And it was one of my first experiences with death. Um, and all of a sudden my mind was triggered and I started thinking about all my loss. And I think that's something that happens throughout our life. It doesn't matter if it's been a year or five years or 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, it is going to sometimes feel like it just happened. And I guess what I'm getting to is that time is a funny thing. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's fair for us to expect from ourselves anything different, um, anything that like we're, we're supposed to heal in a certain amount of time that we're just growing as we are in every part of our lives. We're just constantly growing beings and sponges and soaking in life's experiences and that grief is going to affect us in different ways. For me, um, it was, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was, I don't know, I think I was 20. And I, I feel like it started to infiltrate my body. I went to UT Austin um, for school and I had a blast. I had such a blast. I was living my life from 13 on till then. Like I was having a great time. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like I just imagined that my family, I knew that they were gone and I wrote about them and I wrote songs about them and I felt like I was processing it. And I don't want to, I don't want to judge that because I was so young, 
But I think that the grief just seeped into my body in a certain type of way because I could only process it so much. And I was diagnosed with this autoimmune disorder and that I actually recently found out is actually called multiple connective tissue disorder. I don't, I thought for 10 years I had rheumatoid arthritis. I do not. I have something called multiple connective tissues disorder, which is in the same family, but it's basically like inflammation of my joints and body inflammation. And I started to look at these flares as like, as my body processing new grief or old grief and my body telling me something that I didn't know that I was meant to learn. Um, and I think our body just, it holds on to these tensions and it will come out in really weird ways. It'll come out in anxiety and panic attacks, which I've had my fair share of. It will, you know, it'll come up with in, in, in anger and frustration. It'll come up in so many ways that I've, I don't know, I think it's taken me until now to start to actually notice that and to realize that my grief was stored and that it processed in that way. And now I think that I have had that realization. I can actually like dig in more and maybe have less flares, maybe write more about it and process it differently. Like, I don't know if it's going to be better, but I think that now that I have the awareness Mm -hmm. that it's going to be helpful in my journey of grieving, which I think is a journey and that it doesn't end. It doesn't. Um, This is just, it doesn't. It's just a part of us. I, I mean, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that we look at the word grief as if it's a bad thing. We look at grief as it, as if it is a bad thing, right? We think about, and I think um, we look at a lot of our negative emotions and experiences as bad, right? We're really quick to like put the connotation on it that it is negative. It's bad, but really like a lot of these things, these whatever, hard, difficult, the quote negative experiences or emotions in our lives are tools, right? And teachers and can be a moment for curiosity. Like, hmm, what is this revealing to me? My feeling is that it's revealing that we need to look further into whatever that feeling is and that it's okay. That we're, we're, we're human beings. We're made up of all these feelings and emotions and things and that happen to us, that we happen to make happen. We are just these balls of energy. And this is life. This is what we're supposed to do here. We are supposed to experience the good with the bad. And that makes us human. And that is awesome. Like, I have started to look at my grief as an awesome thing. I feel blessed to have had the experiences that I have had. And there's sometimes that I feel like I'm in a super dark place and, you know, you don't want to look at my journal. So I'm not saying I'm perfect, (laughs) but like I, for the most part, I look at, I'm able to turn it around and look at my grief as, and my losses as something that have served me that are my story, like nobody else has that story. And whoever's listening, whatever is your story is like your stardom, your power, because that's yours and yours only. And what you do with that is a gift. My mother always said, every negative experience can lead us to a positive solution. And with that, she actually started 
a scholarship foundation in honor of my brother, Alan, and we award scholarships to graduating seniors from high school in the South Florida area. And we've been, thank you, we've been going for 20 years and have awarded over $250,000 to over 200 recipients. And that was her and my father's, that was their passion for the remainder of their years after Alan passed away. And I feel like that's just an example why I bring that up of the way that we can take our, take that sadness and that anger and all of the things that we're going to feel like, even with the way that I'm speaking positively, and some people might want to flip their finger at me and be like, I don't feel that way. Like, why do you, like, what are you talking about? You know, I think that there's just a way to shift our mindset. And um, I know that's not easy. It's not easy even for me, someone who strongly believes this, because grief is complicated and life is complicated. It's meant to be complicated. So me stating all these things and trying to flip it and say, it's a mindset and be positive and you got this. Like it, it, it can for some people feel like a crock of shit, especially when it's very new grief. Um, and there's so many feelings attached to that person and the loss and it's complicated. Totally. And I think that there's a difference between like spiritual bypassing and like positive bypassing and toxic positivity um, and being like, okay, objectively, this sucks. This hurts. This is a crappy situation. This feels horrible. And when I'm ready, I can shift my mindset. Right? Absolutely. Like when I'm ready, I deserve this rest. I think we all deserve, like for a long time, like it was good to be booked and busy, right? Now we're seeing a shift, I think, in society. And I think I really do believe that the shutdown, the pandemic had a lot to do with this. It forced us to slow down. And we're like awakening to the idea. It's like, okay, my body, my heart, I, me, I need to rest. And that rest is okay. And when I'm ready, I can go back to work. Absolutely. You're taking time for yourself and that's important. I think first and foremost is self-care and how we take care of ourselves during these times and allowing ourselves the space to be whatever we need to be in those moments that are really hard and take care of ourselves first. So that said though, has music always been therapeutic for you? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I mean, I, I think it's been, I have my playlists in life that have served me during those, those, the times of, of my life that I feel like I've needed it most. I, I have certain songs that are, you know, those songs that just like hit you in the right spot that just make you happy or make you sad or help you feel. Um, music has definitely been a through line and, and, and such a, in such a great way always. Um, when I've needed to feel something and maybe like for years, I didn't cry. I just, I just wouldn't, um, after my brother passed away, I think, I think why this happened is because after my brother passed away, everybody was watching us get the news that Alan died. And my parents came back from, you know, they went up to halfway to, um, Gainesville and went to the hospital there and they found out the news and then didn't tell us at all. And they came back and we were waiting all day and everybody was around and they all knew. And me and my brother, Mike did not know. And I remember we walked down the driveway and we met eyes with my parents and 
we just ran to each other and collapsed on the floor. And I just remember my dad saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And that's like, it was, that's when we found out and we, and everybody was watching us. I don't know, something happened. Maybe it was because I was 13 and everybody was staring at me and I was raw emotions, but like I had a really, really hard time processing my emotions and feeling after that time for still to this day. Um, I feel like I stopped myself from crying. I feel, I do cry. Sometimes when it comes on, I'm like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to like, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> like, I'm going to let it all out. I'm going to scream. And then like, as soon as I start thinking about it, I stop. Wow. Um, I just do it. <laughs> I'm like a serial crier. <laughs> I think that's yeah. great. I don't know. How amazing to have such access to your emotions. And sometimes, sometimes I've had periods where I, I can access it more and I'm more emotional. Um, and I just, I just roll, roll with it. Um, but that's, yeah, that's definitely been a hard, a hard thing just to notice about myself is that I've, it makes me feel like I'm not doing it right. So how are you able to separate your grief from your ability to parent from a joyful, joyful place? Like I'm going through that right now and I could personally use some advice. When I'm with my kids, I feel like I am... I take whatever I'm feeling with me, but I'm focused on the tasks at hand. So I appreciate the distraction when I'm with my kids, but they, they feel it when I'm not doing well. Like I'll have a shorter temper. Um, I, I will not go with the flow as much. After Zoe was born, I had a really hard time because I was, I was feeling really depressed and anxious pretty often, more than I'd like to admit to myself. Um, still, honestly, like I go, I've been up and down and trying to navigate this postpartum body. And again, for the third time and these postpartum mind that I feel like has half the brain cells. Um, I literally Nikki walk into rooms and all the time and forget why I'm there. <laughs> I'm like, what happened to me? Um, when I'm, when I'm with them and focused and I erased Instagram from my phone for the 10th time. I'll probably download it again tomorrow. But it took, it was taking too much of my time. Like I was just looking at it and scrolling too much. When I take away the distractions and really focus on what's in front of me and be with my kids, then I can see what's so beautiful about parenting and just being with them and having joy when I'm with them. Because I think that's one thing that we miss is the play. Like we're not always playing ourselves like we, we grew up as, you know, with play constantly, like that's what we did. What happened to that? So, um, I've started to, when I'm with the kids, like try to just play with them. This didn't just come from my brain though. Like I've been in therapy with my oldest son and like, they encourage me to like sit down and like play constantly, like play and focused attention play, but it's now seeped into the way that I view being with my kids um, and I've, you know, I've, I found like a huge difference and I'm not on my phone when I'm with them. Um, I, and my, my, like my, my kids at one point, they were saying, you know, mommy off your phone, off your phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, why? Like I shouldn't be doing two, both. At, why do, why do I need to do both at the same time? I, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but I like when my, okay, I had my two kids and I was kind of like, I don't know what to do with little children. Like 
I don't know what to do with them. So like they, especially as they started to get older and start to play together, I'm like, okay, you guys play over there. Like I'd be like stumped. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And it wasn't until recently that I also like started to put my phone down more and be like, okay, just go. If they're playing with dinosaurs, like go play with a dinosaur, like go be a part of like whatever imaginary yeah. play that they're doing. And like, at first it felt really stupid. Like I felt stupid doing it. Right. I'm like, this is child stuff. And then I realized how much fun they would have seeing me do like whatever my pretend dinosaur voice is, you know, and they like are eating it up. And like, I get to, if, if I buy into the experience, their experience, I see how much joy it brings them. Right. And then you're like, oh, there's that magic sauce. That's, that's the feel good shit right there. That's exactly right. Like they feel heard and seen and they're going to play with you in a different way. Even if you're just sitting there, I know there's a lot of parents who just like, they're not, they're like not down to get on the floor and play dinosaurs, but you just sitting there and saying, wow, I love how you play with those dinosaurs. Oh, you made the dinosaur roar. That's so fun. Oh, I love how you, how you took the magnetiles and you put them together with the other magnetiles and you're making a ship. That's awesome. Like if you're even just reflecting what your child is doing and imitating them and, um, I'm, I'm pulling on some things that I do in a therapy, which is called CDI. PCIT and CDI is a type of therapy where you are watched by, there's um, these professionals at FIU that will watch us, they're in training, they're students, that will watch us playing with Zach. And um, he's like, was throwing tons of tantrums, which is why we got into this program. And he's like such a bright, awesome, adventurous kid. And we just wanted to redirect how we were dealing with the tantrums and learn ourselves. Like it's amazing for parents, this counseling. Um, and so they watch us through a two-way mirror playing with him and feed us uh, tools into an earpiece. <laughs> Some of our big takeaways were ignoring bad behavior, reinforcing the positive, which I know we've all heard in many different shapes and forms. Um, but but what I, I, what I pulled away at the most is like the focused attention, the positive attention when we're playing and having that time together, making that time every single day that we're together. Um, and then we got um, a lot of, a, a whole process and discipline. It's about staying super calm and following a, a process. You guys, I am loving this convo, but before we move on, I want to catch you up on all the buzz surrounding today's show sponsor, Way. If you listen to episode 41, then you already know that I've been using my new customized therapeutic audio tracks from Way. Way creates therapeutic audio tracks in your own voice, customized to your needs and goals, like reducing anxiety or increasing confidence. Then Way creates one-of-a-kind scripts customized to you. After you record your script, Way produces your recording with deep, moving music for a therapeutic audio experience that is unique to you. Way tracks give you access to highly effective, personalized tools exactly when you need support. Listen to your Way tracks whenever you need support, like before a date or a big presentation to process challenging emotions, to interrupt binge eating or unhealthy habits, or during your workday. I listen to my Way tracks when I'm experiencing anxiety and frustration, 
to help me calm my body and mind so I can make more thoughtful decisions. I've also really enjoyed listening to my weight tracks after a long day with my kiddos when I'm trying to wind down. My daily wind down is an important part of my nighttime routine, and I have to say that it has looked a lot different in recent years. I'm grateful to have Way be a part of this daily practice for me. I especially love the comprehensive pack because it has four tracks to cover everything I need to feel balanced and supported every day. Use discount code NikkiSpo, that's N-I-K-K-I-S-P-O in all capital letters for 10% off of any track or pack at experienceway.com. I am still victim to like wanting to portray my family life as perfect, right? My kids, we have it together. We're parenting, we're perfect parents. Not not that we're perfect parents, but like it's really, parenting is so hard. Like I remember like just going through my own, like kids having tantrums for things and it would felt really, really isolating. You know, like getting calls from teachers being like, hey, this is happening at school. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, am I ruining him? Like, what am I doing? Like, I felt like I was the problem ruining my child, right? And it took, and in a way, it's like, it, it's, it's self, it was almost selfish for me to think that way. Like, I, I'm not the center of it, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not, it's not all about me. It's not all about Nikki. But, you know, once I was able to be like, okay, it doesn't matter like what the root is, like what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do now to help this little human, you know, get to a place where they feel better, they can cope better, they have the tools. The reality, like you're saying, I'm the adult, I have more tools. Okay, so don't lose your shit, Nix. And let's try to apply the tools, teach the tools. Like we as parents are the ultimate teachers. We are in a position to teach, right? And sometimes we don't always have the answers. Like, I think that's like the really humbling aspect of being a parent is like, we don't always have the answers and we have to go look for them. Being like, hold on, BRB, I don't have the answer to that question. Let me go find out. Let me go figure it out. And this is why I've enlisted so much support. My husband, Sean, he wants to like shoot me sometimes because of all the support I enlist. (laughs) But I'm like the first to be like, what therapy can we get for this? Like, I think there's no shame in therapy. I think it's amazing. I think we all need it. Like couples therapy, personal therapy, therapy for our kids. Like we don't want to overdo it. Like Sean doesn't want him to have a complex. Like he gets worried about, oh, if we're getting evaluated or doing therapy or doing this, like... Zach is going to start to think he's something. I personally think that this is the way of the world and we should open ourselves up to whatever services we can get to grow and live in this nasty world sometimes. I mean, this is a crazy place. Like, why not enlist professionals to help us figure out how to deal with our conflicts better and how as a kid or as parents, like I love talking to parenting experts and I love, you know, I love this therapy program that we've been in at FIU. Um, and I know there's so many more options for all of us that, um, that we can seek out to just be better. Even if we think that we're great, like there's always these little things. Anytime I talk to a parent, it's not like they're like, things are awesome. (laughs) I'm so good at this. Like, That is not a thing. It's not a thing. We're like, like social media, I think is a really nice outlet for all of us to share. And I think it can be a really good place and also um, a a bad place. Uh, It can be a place for 
comparison, if you're not in the right mindset, um, why I'm taking a break from it is because I was just like scrolling too much, just felt negative. I felt negative energy. I would get off of it and I would just be like, you know what? Not for me right now. I'm not feeling really good about myself and I just need to, I need to do some other inner work and then I'll get back to it when I feel like I can take it and not feel shitty after I look at it. Well, you mentioned that one of your goals in life is to encourage people to believe that their challenges are their gifts. And we touched on this a little bit earlier. Like how do you, how do you actually encourage people to believe that? Can you encourage me? Because I, I'm, I need some encouragement right now. Okay. Sit down with a pen and paper. How often do we sit down with a pen and paper and, and write just free write. Um, and I would say to start with the things that you're feeling right now that feel challenging. And it can be something that happened today, yesterday. It could have happened 20 years ago. Whatever pops up, at least for five minutes, just write. I find writing to be one of the most therapeutic things for myself, to get things out onto the page and out of my body. This is the first step for me, at least. And I would grow, I have so many journals that I've, that I've written throughout my life. And I would always write at the end of it, love you, Jamie, to myself. <laughs> and I would look back at it. At one point, there was a point in my life, I'm like, why did I do that? And now I look back at it and I'm like, that is so sweet. Like that's self-care and that's self-love right there. That's where we start, like no matter what I was going through, I would write down all the things that felt yucky in my body. And then I would always figure out this way to like make it feel better for myself at the end. I want to share something funny with you about that. Tell like, me. In my journal, I close every journal entry with, I love you, Nikki Sap, and I will never, ever give up on you. Oh, I love that. I, like, I use my maiden name um, on purpose just because it was my, like the name I was born to have, you know, initially. And there was a long time that I like really, I really turned my back on myself. And I write that to remind myself that even if the world were to turn its back on me, like I have my back, I'm here for me. But it's the same thing. Like what you're saying, you're like, love you, Jamie. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a way for me to write whatever shit muck that I'm going through. And sometimes it's not shit muck. Sometimes it's like the rainbows and the butterflies that you, that, mm -hmm. that are so exciting in life, you know, like all the great things that we write in there too. But uh, you know, that's a place where I can write my, the, the shit in the muck and through the shit in the muck, know that I still have my own back and that I will never, ever turn my back on myself again. This is my story and my story only, and I can now take these gifts, the good and the bad, and I, I personally like to share. Um, I can write about it. Um, I, I can turn it into a scholarship foundation as my parents did. I can do all of these things. I could do nothing. I could sit with it and, and just like gift it to my children. My, my story, my everything, I can just, exert it out to whoever sur is surrounded, who, whoever surrounds me. Um, and I'm speaking on behalf of like, whoever might be listening, this is going to 
change depending on who you are and how you wanted to put it, put it out there in the world. What are your special skills? What are your gifts? What were the things that you used to do as a child that you loved to do that you might not be doing anymore? Maybe like tap into that. For me, it's always been writing. It's also been painting and like being artistic fuels me in a way that I can see the things that have happened to me more in a positive light. Being, being um, creative allows me to just let go whatever it might be. It's the reason for the free ride is that I think you can get to the bottom of what it might be that sparks you. Oh, we all know what that spark feels like. You know, like when you feel so good and you're like, oh, I remember what I used to love when I was six or seven and it would just make me feel so ready for life. Or when I started this memoir, I would just think about being on Oprah and, <laughs> and talking about my story because my mom before she passed away, true story, she would say, but I didn't get to go on Oprah and talk about my story. And I said, mom, I'm going to do it for you. Meanwhile, we're not sure if that's actually going to happen, but I told her it was going to happen. But I would, I remember sitting years after she passed and just thinking about that. And I started feeling that spark, like that creative energy, like, oh, I have a goal. Like I want to get there, whatever it is. Like, I just want to write this and share and I feel it right now, just talking about it, just remembering and discussing, even if you're talking to yourself or you're talking to a friend, having these conversations is how we look at the shit in our life in a positive way. So, you know, it's funny that, we, man, like everything I'm telling you, like things happen in the universe's timing, right? Because like I, you know, and I made, I, this is public information, like I lost my mom recently and you know, I have since then been in like the most, like the biggest like creative rut ever, you know, like I haven't wanted to, I've been unmotivated. I haven't wanted to get it on. I haven't wanted to get on a podcast. I haven't wanted to like, I've pushed so many of my appointments. I'm like, I can only, you know, and there's a part of that, Jamie, that I'm like, okay, yes, I need to rest and I need to grieve. Right. I need to do my grieving process. I need to take care of myself. Like I can only take on so much at one time. You know, I was getting to a point where I had been recording three episodes a week or like twice, two a days, you know? And I was just like, I need to take, I need to slow down. I need to start saying no to some of the things. I need to push things where I can so I can take care of myself. But then it got to like a point where I was like, okay, I'm wiping my schedule. Like, and granted, it's only been like three weeks, but that's enough for me to start feeling yucky about myself too, right? To not have a creative outlet, to not be having conversations, have real empowering real life conversations, right? Like this one. And I'll tell you right now, like just hopping on this call and I was late because of like all this other stuff that's going on in my life. Like it felt good. I'm glad Jamie, I almost pushed our meeting today because I was like, I'm going to be late. There's no point. I think like a part of it is going through the motions. Even if you don't feel like it, I didn't feel to be honest, Jamie, Jamie Kolnick. I did not feel like coming on today because of all the other shit. Right. And I'm here and I'm like, oh Yeah. That's why I do this because it feels good and we're helping people and I'm helping like you're helping me. I'm helping you in some capacity and like beyond that, that helps others. And that's why we're here. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, Nikki, of course you didn't want to come. Like, sorry. It's not you. It's nothing personal, Jamie. It wasn't you. I know it's not me. (laughs) Of course you wanted to clear your schedule the last couple weeks. Like, and, and give that to yourself. And honestly, don't uh, rid yourself of any judgment 
of what that means externally and to people that you've had to reschedule on and cancel on, like this is eye-opening. As I'm going <laughs> to quote a therapist again, every after after I had any loss, my therapist gifted me the words that my executive brain was not functioning as well as it used to. And that it's just not going to do all the tasks and all the things and the organization and oh, with and add add a couple kids into the mix. Sure, why not? Like, how how are you supposed to be able to do it all? Like, the chemical things that are happening in your brain after grief and loss are real, and you need more self care right now. I remember after every session I had with her, it was just like, take care of yourself. Do something for yourself because then I think it allows that executive function to start to slowly expand, but like give yourself grace. Like this isn't, it's okay. Like it's, it's not, it's not just going to feel like sunshine and rainbows all the time. Like, and, and maybe just saying it's okay makes it feel better. Like it's okay to cancel. I actually am not in a place where I can do all these things. So I'm going to cancel today and I'll, I'll wake up tomorrow and maybe I'll feel in a better place to pick up right now is like really raw too. Like this just happened. So it's not, it's, it's, it's going to be like a journey into figuring out what works for you and makes you feel good each day. Yeah. Well, I think also something about like putting one foot in front of the other, right? Even if it's slowly is that we have muscle memory right? So like our executive brain, like you're saying, can't process everything all at once, right? Okay. But if I do one thing, one one thing, right? Even if I don't always feel like it, if I do one thing, like there's that muscle memory and you use the visual of like your hands and how your brain is growing and it's like, oh, okay, this feels familiar and this was a good familiar feeling, right? To be able to do something that I enjoy doing, even if it doesn't, even if we're not motivated to do it, like there's muscle memory in that. And so like our, our feelings recognize the goodness. And so the way that I see it is like, it, it, it inspires more of that behavior. Like, oh yeah, that felt good. Let me, let me try that again. Or I might be more willing to try it again um, after having done it once because it, it just felt, it felt so good to do that. Right. Like I getting almost like getting back on the horse, you know, in your own time and whatever, like fine. But I think that there's something to be said about the muscle memory of our feelings and our, our emotions. Yeah. Good triggers or bad triggers. I think it's just, it's a trigger. Like it, it's definitely a reminder of the things that our body loves, but it is hard to do those things. Even when we know it's good for us. We talk about grief, right? Like how do you balance all of it, like, like processing your, your own stuff. Right. And also moving into the world, doing like all the things that you do, you know, and that do make you happy. Like where, what, what are the tips for balancing all of that? Delegation. Yeah. That's the delegation. Tip. Delegation. It took me a like really it. long time to figure out delegation because I am the type of person that's capable of doing a lot of things. Not well, but I'm really good at doing, I'm a doer. So if you give me a task, I will figure it out. It's been hard, it's been a hard year. Like it's been, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Transitions, even when it's like a blessing to be able to move somewhere that you wanna live and yeah. move into a new house. Like it, I, I felt things, you know? 
I know I'm blessed and I have like a lot of amazing things in my life and beautiful children, but it doesn't make it easier just because, um, you know, we have the privilege to have these things. We still need to work through whatever we're feeling inside because that's valid. Um, and ha- having all of that support um, has been a, a gift. I feel really grateful that I'm privileged to be able to enlist all of this support and um, just taking bets and and investing in things, even if I'm not sure that it's the right call, just like going for it so that I can have the support that I need to feel good. I think that's a big part of the message here, right? Is like knowing that it's okay to not be okay. That's exactly right. And I know I, I ramble, um, but I'm glad that you pulled that out of there (laughs) because that, yes, that is it. That's what I got from you. And you know what, Jamie, we're just so lucky to have you here and have you shine your beautiful light, like in this city, you know, I'm grateful for you. I'm really happy to be here. I'm grateful for you too. And I'm looking forward to our next coffee date. Yes. Let's do it. (laughs) More coffee. (laughs) special thanks to our incredible sponsor for today's show way you all know that i'm on a lifelong journey of self-healing and i couldn't be more proud to partner with way ways therapeutic audio tracks are fully customizable to your needs and highly produced it is a beautiful and effective way to experience self-guidance when you're in need of support whether that's help with soothing anxiety or needing a confidence boost before an exciting event use my code nikki spo that's n-i-k-k-i-s-p-o in all caps to get 10 percent off of any track or pack at experienceway.com I can't wait for you to find your way with Way. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and the Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm-hmm.